Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. Shield Kapati here, joined by Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. Eagles get back on track, show their championship medal. It's hard to win in the National Football League. They do just that. Everything's clicking at the right time. The team you dreamed of has returned. Okay, no, of course. I don't believe any of that. You don't believe any of that. Solak doesn't believe any of that. I know Cliff doesn't believe any of that. They beat the Giants 33-25, and everyone is miserable. Ben Solak, how are you? Are you miserable? Are you good? You look good. Merry Christmas, Sheil. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hello to everybody, yes. Uh, the best Christmas gift of all. The Eagles win, but I get to be sad. Just, uh, the optimal <laughs> experience. What, 10 out of 10. Would recommend everyone. I, uh, I, I had a little accidental dad nap during this game. I was on the couch. Oh, I was full. Yeah. I was full of ham. I was feeling toasty. I was in a flannel. I was good. I fell asleep in the third quarter. Eagles are leading twenty to three. All right. I wake this up. This is supposed to be me. What is happening here? You fell asleep. There. Oh my goodness. This well, is. Fantastic. I'm so happy. Usually, right? I'm watching a game. I'm either in a desk chair or I'm at my my standing desk and I'm active. Right. Meanwhile, this is Eagles mm. Island game. It's in the afternoon. Mm. I'm feeling cozy. I was on a nice couch. I I knocked out. I knocked out at 20 to 3. I woke up at 20 to 18. So what in God's name happened in the last 
15 minutes of real time and seven minutes of game time. Holy smokes. Uh, and then the Eagles settled things back and everything. So I didn't have to live the emotional ups and downs of, oh my gosh, are the Eagles really about to lose to the Giants after taking a 17-point lead in a halftime uh, because I was unconscious for most of it. Um, but altogether, right, it was a great we're back first half. It was a panic we're going to die third quarter, and then it lands somewhere in the middle after the fourth quarter. But a win is a win. With the Niners lost to the Ravens now, the Eagles are in an interesting spot with two games left in the regular season. I mean, it really is. We, we've joked about that all season, about how they keep they win games, but you can still uh, feel upset and angry. It's like the perfect Eagle season. This weekend was that to the nth degree, because not only did they win, like you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. and the, the Cowboys lose, the Niners lose, Eagles win, and you still probably, if you're listening to this, kind of hate your team. Okay, so they're tied with the 49ers and Lions. They're 11-4. and 49ers are at the Commanders and home against the Rams. The Lions are at the at the Cowboys, home against the Vikings. Most likely scenario for the Eagles is still the two seed, but with that 49ers loss, they now have a 22% chance at the one seed. So there's a chance that the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through Philadelphia. So, all right, those are the big picture thoughts. I mean, if you didn't nap like Solak, you know, if you if you're watching, you're you're. I thought this was going to be a blowout early on, first half. I'm like, okay, they're up 17-3. 20, yeah. even 23 at half, halftime. They botched the stuff at the end of the first half. I'm like, they're going to win this game uh, by three touchdowns. This Giants team stinks. And they just, you know, do dumb thing after dumb thing. The Boston Scott fumble where Zacchaeus runs into him. The pick six where Dallas Goddard slips. They're giving up 70-yard touchdowns to Darius Slayton when the only thing you cannot do there is give up a 70-yard touchdown. They end up winning the game 33-25. But here's what I want to do today. So like, I don't think it's like a typical post-game pie. You know, we're doing it the day after. Uh, and also, it's like the little intricacies of this game are probably not that interesting. We'll, we'll get to some of them. But I want to do like a little temperature check thing with the, you know, going off of that game and going mm-hmm. into the final two games. Because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're listening to this and saying, stop being so negative, Shield. This team is in a great spot. They're going to get it together. There's no juggernaut this year. The 49ers just lost. They're still healthy. They could still win the Super Bowl. I don't feel that way, but maybe you feel that way. So I want to see how Solak feels. So I want to start with, I think, the guy who's going to be discussed the most this week among Eagles fans in Philadelphia uh, leading up to their next game. And I think that's the head coach. Nick Sirianni. Uh, and so a, a few things here just in terms of like, what are the vibes of this team? How Not, not how are we feeling, because sometimes we feel a certain way, and then the locker room's defiant, and the coach is defiant, and they go, you guys are talking all this, but you know, inside this locker room, it's not really what we're getting from the Eagles. Yeah. They're kind of like, yeah, no, no, we feel the same way you do. Uh, this sequence, so like, I ho- hopefully you, uh, yeah, I think this, you, you probably woke up from I, your slumber I, for this. This was the most important sequence of the season. I'm still confused by what Phil makes more sense than what happened here. No, I there's two there's two things you could be talking. Are you talking about end of the half or end of the game? I'm talking about end of game. You're talking about end of half? Okay. No, no, I'm talking about end of game. Okay. So yeah. here, here's what it is. End of game. Giants are driving down 33-25. Eagles call a timeout uh before a fourth and seven play with the Giants play clock clock was running down. I don't know if you want to bail them out there, but whatever. They call timeout. Fox cameras go to Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick is yelling at the sideline. Hassan Reddick comes to the sideline. Uh, Jeremiah Washburn, who coaches the defensive line, puts his arm around, you know, uh, Hassan Reddick's waist. They're having seems like a normal player coach interaction where the coach is trying to calm down the player. 
Sirianni is not doing that. Sirianni is barking at Hassan Reddick. Uh, Devontae Smith is kind of patiently waiting to get a word in. He comes over. Uh, you know, he looks pretty calm. He's not like yelling. He, he looks like he's trying to just kind of maybe explain something to Sirianni. Sirianni starts barking at him uh, and then walks away. So uh, Sirianni's asked about this in the postgame press conference, says, I get animated a lot. There are things that when uh, mistakes are happening, we're trying to get the communication going. Just a little bit of that. That happens throughout a game. It's going to be between players and players, coaches and players, coaches and coaches. But when you have the relationships that we have and the connections that we have, we're able to move on quickly. Uh, Hassan Reddick did not talk to reporters after the game. And this is just one thing. Like I have other things to add to this, but that interaction, is that telling? Is that nothing? Is that, hey, this happens all the time on the sideline? What was your kind of read on what was happening there? What is your level mm -hmm. of concern with sort of the angst that seems to be taking over uh, portions of this football team? Yeah, so I would say that a coach can do one of two things. And, and in, a, in, a, in a circumstance which a player is frustrated with the coaches, right? Because the, the cameras caught Sirianni also chatting with DJ Elliott, who's the outside linebackers coach. I was trying to poke around and figure out if they had like a personnel in that they didn't want to have in. Like they felt like they, they had matched wrong. Because typically if you're lined up wrong, you don't call the timeout. You start screaming at the guys. You're like, you know, bear, bear, bear. Like, oh, it's like, like fix, fix the front. And you try to get the information or you try to like, you know, Reed's going to fix it or someone's going to fix it. Obviously, the Eagles right now at linebacker have got Ben Van Sumeren and uh, uh, Shaq Leonard. And so like, they're not going to fix a front if it's messed up. So maybe they felt like, all right, we have to, we have to call a timeout to like fix an alignment. But that's like a weird thing to call a timeout for. And also earlier on a fourth down, Hassan Reddick was in a particular alignment and then said, ah, I'm going to go inside and then got a huge fourth and one stop, right? Like that was a little bit of a freelance from Reddick who does that. So there's a chance that Reddick felt like I get to, I'm going to line up here and like, you know, maybe do this and change that. And then they called a timeout and they're like, you were, you didn't get the call, right? Reddick was like, no, I was fooling with them. Like, because the problem is they don't have a quarterback on the field right now. Defensively, Reed Blankenship had the green dot for this game. Right. And so like, if there's something wrong in terms of like personnel and who's lined up somewhere, I'm not sure they have the guys on the field to handle that. So, okay, they call the timeout. Reddick's coming over. You're talking to outside linebackers coach. Like something was messed up in the pre-snap process and the alignment and the personnel. So at this moment now, this head coach can escalate or he can de-escalate. You can either say like, all right, we all messed up. We're going to figure this out on Monday. Like, let's get out of fourth and seven. Let's get out of here with a win. Like, you're uh, you're pissed. Absolutely, you're pissed. Let's, we're going to get there. Let's, let's get the stop. Or you can escalate and be like, no, 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 we gotta take this out. And we have never known Sirianni to be a de-escalator. All right, that's not that's not the man's way. Like, even if you think back to like AJ Brown angry on the sideline about targets like early in the season, it's a conference between like him, Sirianni, and Hertz. And Brown and Sirianni are the two that like have emotions going, and Hertz is the one that's like. That's all right. Like, don't worry about it. You know, right. like Devont Devonta's over there. And again, like from, from what the cameras caught, who knows? Like I saw there was a tweet that said like Devonta looked like he was actually like really upset. But there, like from the, what the cameras caught, it looks like Devonta was trying to be like, coach, like, we good? And Sirianni was like, <laughs> he, is, he, is, he, is, he tends to be an escalator. Now that's got goodness to it. That's that's a double. There's benefit to that, right? Just beaten on the cold sideline. This one's for Frank Reich. Like he's able to elevate the stakes of games. Like that. that's Still a good so thing. so weird. It's so funny to me. He like uh, being an escalator is going to matter this week when they face the Cardinals. I'll tell you that right now. Like he's going to get that team ready to go against that opponent. Uh, so being an escalator has value. With that said, 
this was a good environment to de-escalate, right? You you had some embarrassing plays in this one. This game is closer than it should be. It's fourth and seven against Tyrod Taylor. Let's just get out of here with a win. And instead, here you are in week 16, when you have to know, like you have to be of a sober mind on the sideline and know like there's been a lot more visibility on my team in the last month than I like. I probably just should not give the cameras a clip. And he didn't know that. And to me, that's that's like situational football, right? It's a situational error from Sirianni. So I think he has a part of his maturation process. Nick is uh, learning how to de-escalate even in environments where he thinks he's right. And he thinks he has a point because without knowing like the details of it, you can't really tell on the outside. So we're going to fill in the narrative as we fill it in. You as the coach have to try to minimize this as an event as much as possible. He didn't do that. He did not do that. No. And so we'll, you know, like I said, Hassan Reddick did not talk to uh reporters after the game so we don't know exactly at this moment what he was upset about like you said it could have been what you said it could have been where he was lining up it could have been just a bad defensive call overall that he didn't like it could have been dropping into coverage this is not a one-week thing i will say last week reddick was upset uh as well in that football game i can't remember if it was on tv or if it was on film but he had a similar thing where he was kind of looking at the sideline being like what are what's going on here and he was lined up in some weird spot i mean he, he's dropping which, into coverage on the first third down in that game, which I know you yeah. say you got to do it. Uh, sometimes I understand. I don't think he's uh, that happy about it. He was like, got bumped in as like the, you know, the three technique on the wall. I, I don't think Hassan Reddick was loving the first yeah. game of the Matt Patricia experience. I was going to say, we I'm are saying. two for two yeah. on Matt, on Hassan Reddick not enjoying the Matt Patricia. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? And yeah, I mean, like they're doing some weird stuff defensively. Like they... Nolan Smith played several snaps as the only off-ball linebacker on the field in this game. And I was I was itching. I was scratching myself. I felt like I had hives watching. This was horrible. I have no idea who endorsed this. Um, yeah, no, they're 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 doing some some stuff. Now, obviously, like Reddick made splash plays in this game, and 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 he's been a little bit quiet on the splash play front over the last month or so. And so there's there's still, you know, positives and and he's so he's such an impactful run defender. But in general, yeah, like you your your objective here okay first seed second seed third seed fifth seed whatever happens like your objective is to win the east your objective is to stay in in, in contest for the for the the buy absolutely but really you have to feel mouthwash you have to feel better about the team All right fresh start we're good to go we're clean slate in the playoffs so we can contend you have to feel that way when you get to january and the thought was like All right, beat the giants beat the cardinals beat the giants and you will feel that way well lo and behold beat the giants and i don't think that meter moved up as much as maybe you'd like for it to have at all. So let's move on to the next thing here in the in sort of the temperature check with Sirianni. Uh, now, this might be a minor thing. A.J. Brown is an emotional guy. We've seen it before. We've seen it when the team's winning. So I don't want to read too much into it. Uh, he was asked, and I think I saw this from uh, Martin Frank, asked, uh, you know, was the one who tweeted it out. A.J. Brown did not talk to reporters and said, I was taught if I had nothing good to say to not say nothing. This is after a win. This is a team again. They're eleven and four. Uh, AJ Brown had a good game. He had a good second half. He's second in the NFL, I believe, in receiving yards right now. And that was his reaction. Is this the old? Uh, I forget who has the tweet about the the wide receiver Carter um, Denny. That, of, there you go. Of Roto World slash NBC Sports Edge slash whatever Roto okay. World is called. Is this just that, or is this? Yep. Are you like, oh, this is another sort of sign? that things are not, you know, maybe going great with this team. I, like, what does AJ want? What do you want? I feel like I'm in the notebook, right, where there's that scene in the rain where I don't know the names of the characters. Don't yell at me for not knowing the names of the characters. But the male lead is like, what do you want? What do you want? And the female lead is like, I don't know. 
And I think like, there's that, that great conflict of like, you need to know what you want before you have like emotions and needs for me right now. That's it with AJ where it's like, okay, AJ, you have enumerate precisely what it is you'd like. Cause I don't think he has a leg to stand on if he's like more targets, right? Like you are the primary target getter. I, and like, what do you, like you want what less Devontae Smith targets? That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. I don't think he wants that. Less Dallas Goddard targets. That's unreasonable. I don't think he wants that. Does he want different route distribution? I can see that. I can see like, I want, I don't like the routes I'm running. Like I'm running too many. We want routes. that too, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Right. A hand raised. Yeah. I want that too, AJ, if that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I'm running too many deep routes and I need to be, I need to be like the, the primary on more and like I'm, I'm being used as a clear out guy. I don't want to be a clear out guy. I mean an inbreaker. How about the yeah. inbreaker? Yeah. Wow. That looked good yeah. yesterday. And Maybe so, a little more of that. Oh, all right. All right. Beautiful. The Devontae Smith catch and run touchdown. Both give me one of, of them. Those. Yes. AJ, oh my give, gosh. Yeah, give, give what a concept. That. Like, he didn't have a catch on the two-minute drill at the end of the half. Like, I don't, like, but, like, at this point, you're grasping at straws, right? Like, this, like, if this is what it is, it's kind of like, all right, well, I get it, but you're you're a professional football player. Like, this is part of playing football. And like you said, he was a leading receiver on the team. If it's, you know, we as a collective player base are frustrated with the way the coaching staff is operating some stuff, and I am mad about that. And I don't want to bring that up because you're going to be like, AJ, like, how was the game? I'm going to be like, I hate Nick Sirianni's timeout usage. You know, <laughs> or something like that. Like, that's obviously, that's drama. So he's, Why do we it. run the same play 11 yeah. times? Yeah. Wait, like, I agree. Which, Again, AJ, I'm yeah. with you. If that's it, agreed hand raise. Which it, it is, it is, it is definitely better for AJ to have not said that relative to like bringing up out of nowhere right like after a loss like aj like you were on a lot of clear out routes does that suck you can be like yes and that's like reasonable versus like bringing it up of your own volition that's bad with that said you're when you say my mama taught me that if i have nothing good to say, I don't say anything, you're functionally saying it dude you are you are creating the problem that you're trying to not create and in that way yes it is the wide receiver tweet from carter denny where it's just all wide receivers do is stir up nonsense uh I appreciate AJ. I love him to death. I wouldn't want my receivers to be any other way. Star receivers need to be a little bit drama crazed. That's 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 yeah. part of that's part of uh, the part of the package. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the Eagles are gonna win the wild card round. AJ's gonna have like six one eighteen in a score, and he's gonna be like, "I'm so frustrated <laughs> with the team right now." All right, let me take a break. I maybe a little theory on maybe what he's uh, what he's alluding to when we come back. As the weather gets cold, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 Moneyline bet wins. I'm telling you, upcoming Eagles Cardinals, I could not possibly love this spot for the Eagles more. I'm all over them against the spread and the Moneyline. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explorer tab, diving into the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerPhilly and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame Moneyline wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. My village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. That I, I sort of agree. I All the AJ Brown stuff, I'm kind of like, you know, the sweet, but listen, the guy is an amazing player. It's a, a number one wide receiver. This kind of comes with the territory. However, this is coming on the heels uh, so like of last week where, you know, he had this thing on social media where he said like they're 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 saying, oh, you know, Devontae Smith was wide open on a crosser. They're forcing targets to A.J. Brown. It's buddy ball. He's responding to that saying, no, 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 I was the first read on this. Like I run a lot of routes where I don't get the ball, like all, all this yeah. stuff. So he was responding to that last week. So that is on the heels of that. And now this other thing, uh, it, you know, fans are chanting run the ball in the uh, at the link. Great bit. So proud of you guys. Keep it up. Do I need a? I might need to run the damn ball hat at this point. After I made fun of it for years, now I just like to like lean into uh, lean into the uh, opposite side of it. So everyone's chanting "run the ball" in the stadium. Nick Sirianni says he can hear it. Jalen Hurts is asked about it. He says they're supposed to get loud for the defense, not the offense. Was, uh, was part of <laughs> I didn't see there. that. So Jalen, yes. dude, Jalen. <laughs> Dude, this team so, went from like being <laughs> largely like like think about like all of like the very trite Jalen platitudes, right? It's all like the hackneyed like uh, competition, the, the smoke is fire. I don't walk through the smoke just in a fire or whatever, right? Like like that that all the Jalenisms. Right? Last year, everybody was like, yeah, like that lasted until week thirteen this year, and then it fell off a cliff for everybody at the exact same time. Where like last week, Jalen was like, oh, competition. Like I don't have a dictionary in front of me. It's competition. Like, dude. That's horrible. And now, don't get loud for the offense? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something about Philly fans here, Jalen. That's not going to work, all right? (laughs) Don't yell at us, please? No, we will continue to yell at you. So he says. So maybe that's what it was about with uh, with AJ Brown. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to talk about the fans and chanting. I don't know. All right. So that's another aspect of it there with Jalen Hurts. All right. I swear we're going to finish with this. In a moment here, but there are a lot of things to get caught up on. Uh, Jeff McLean in his podcast, Uncovering the Birds, had a quote from a team source. This was last week before Mm -hmm. this game, Mm -hmm. uh, where a team source said the most miserable 10 and 1 team imagine now after their uh, 10 and 4 also says that there uh, is, quote, internal concern about Hertz and his leadership style uh, from a team. Source. All right. So that's adding everything up. Listen, this is it. This is it. You can yell at me and say, oh my gosh, you guys come on and talk for 20 minutes. Uh, they won a game. They're 11 and four. This is the, I take my cues from how the team is acting and look at how the team has acted in the last three weeks. Like, can they get it together? I guess. I don't think it's going to happen, but that is where we are. So this all leads to my question. So like the Eagles are 11 and four going into the final two weeks and in the playoffs in what feels like a pretty wide open season. They're pretty healthy, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I want to ask you about the head coach, the head coach who is 34 and 15, who has won nearly 70% of his game. 
Mm-hmm. What is your confidence level that at the end of this, we're going to be feeling good about Nick Sirianni, whatever he needs, whatever buttons he needs to push, whatever tweaks he needs to make, whatever he needs to do here in the final two weeks in the playoffs to kind of right the ship. I'm not saying they have to win the Super Bowl, but to have you feeling better about this team than you do now, uh, whenever the season ends, how confident are you in the head coach to hit those buttons? So okay, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm understanding correctly. It's how confident am I that Sirianni will will turn the team around in the next two weeks before playoff time, and in the playoffs? Like, yeah, I mean, if and, they, and you can't the turn them, okay. you can't turn them around and lose in the first yeah. round. Yeah, like that would be. A uh, Whenever the season like, ends, we're going to be yeah. having a conversation, and you're going to be saying, "All right, whether the season went the Eagles' way or not in the mm-hmm. playoffs, you're saying I I right. still feel good about Nick Sirianni that because of yeah. how he handled uh, the the turmoil that seemingly engulfed this team." Uh, in the last month or so of the season, yeah, I'm a solid four. I would say I'm I'm, I'm out of ten. Out of ten, yeah, I okay. would say I I believe it is <laughs> less likely that the Eagles turn things around. You okay? If you pulled 100 Eagles hands right now, the average score would be below a four, right? Like no, I, feel I like think I'm that's coming right. in yeah. Above. I don't think yeah. that's wrong. I just wanted to make sure yeah. I had the scale right. If that solid was at a four. five, I was gonna be like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I, it is more likely than not. That they they don't really pull out of the tailspin because just the narratives right now are so bad and there's just so much to juggle in terms of like who's frustrated, why they're frustrated, what coach is responsible for what. Like there's just there's far too much uh, smoke for there not to be fire here in terms of like frustrations and problems. And I think that like that's just kind of rearing its head. It was it was kept under a blanket for a long time. But this is the Eagles, man. It's the Harry Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie Eagles. Like once every three years, everything has to get horrible so that, that way it can get better for some reason. Uh so overall, I think it's not likely to happen. Now, I think they're gonna beat the living daylights out of the Cardinals, and I think when they do that, like I like they 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 were very well situated to beat the living daylights out of the Giants. I think it's really important to like clarify from an off-field perspective, like what the frick is going on? This team is a mess. From an on-field perspective, it was twenty to three. They had two very derpy turnovers. Like like turnovers are generally derpy. Isaiah Simmons chucking Alameda Zacchaeus into Boston Scott yeah. into Dallas Goddard falls down into like a historically good punt returner, Adoree Jackson getting a pick six. Like that's just unbelievable levels of derp. It, it's just like very And chaos. a high variance yeah. 70 yard right. touchdown. And then right. Yeah. yeah. The Giants scored. I had, had one scoring drive and then otherwise they had three big plays. Like in general, this team was, should have been in a position to beat the Giants by 21. And that would have, I think, given them a big benefit. And they don't get that now because the scoreboard doesn't say that. And that has to be acknowledged. But I think they're going to get a good chance to get that against the Cardinals, right? Where, like, the Cardinals right now are a mess. They're super injured defensively. It's the worst defense in the league since their injuries. And they really want to, I think, beat, again, beat the daylights out of John Gannon. So, I like, I, I think they're going to get that game. And I think that's going to help them feel better. I don't think, like, co- coaching staff-wise, experience-wise, on the coaching staff, they're in a good spot for the playoffs. I don't think the full turnaround is coming. Um, and that's something that's got to get addressed in the offseason, right? Where it's like, okay, another year Brian Johnson with kind of no one else around him. Like, no, maybe some other offensive minds, right? Which, like, the last time we were having this conversation, it was like, let's get Rich Scangarello in here to fix Mike Grow, And, like, that didn't work. Um, and so, like, you know, maybe we got to figure that out again. Um, defensively, like, decide, Patricia, are you firing? Are you changing systems? Like... 
that's that's a mess to figure out in the postseason or in the offseason, excuse me. But there's a shot that, that they they settle things out just because the NFC is pretty weak and they have two cupcakes on their schedule coming up. And so like you still have chances to throw two haymaker blows, be like, oh, we score 40 points every game. Here we go. And then you draw, you're the second seed, you draw the seven seed Seahawks, you draw the seven seed Vikings, right? And then you 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 beat that team and all of a sudden you're in the divisional round. Now all you need to do is just win your contested catches, win your turnover battles, get some variance. Like there's still like a lot of ways this turns out okay. So I'm not panicking but it's more likely than not that this team continues to enjoy the slow implosion that we've seen over the last few weeks uh i generally agree with that i th- i think you're good you're absolutely right to point out kind of that gate that game bounces didn't go their way and it came down to the end and listens a lot of it this has been happening over and over again so i'm less likely to say you know that's not going to continue to happen uh but at the same time yeah like overall if you just look at it statistically they had 465 yards of offense and 28 first downs and like, like they were, you know, doing what they wanted offensively for most of that game. And then they were making stupid plays that made the game close and they make a lot of stupid plays uh, over the course of the season. So again, I'm not sweeping that under the rug, but I, I think you're right about that. I think that's probably how the next two games will go. I mean, they're just way more talented than these teams, specifically their offense against these defenses. They should be putting up over 30 points and they should win these games. So I do think that's how it's going to go at the same time. My, my radar is up a little bit with Sirianni because I think going into the season, I wondered, all right, what, who is he as an offensive schemer? Is he, uh, is he special in that regard? Is he above average in that regard? I have not seen that at all. I have seen no plan B. Yeah. He said, we're doing the same thing as last year. It's like, yeah, that's the problem. You're doing the same things as last year. You're not pushing any of the easy buttons. The, the same thing as last year thing drew, drove me nuts, dude. I, yeah. I, I stewed on that for like six minutes in my office where I was like, okay, hear it. And now think about it, and now think about the other teams in the league and what they do year over year. Like, like they, there's a big lack of awareness with that comment, in my opinion. Um, it was it was my yeah. big question with like Mike McDaniel coming into the season, where I was a little because I'm like, all right, he was very good in year one. Does he have a plan B? Let's see what it looks What's like. The second like, act, oh, baby. Wow, this guy's got a great plan B. Look at this Dolphins offense, and it, that has not been the case for the Eagles. I mean, nah, I don't want to just point to like motions and bunches and like all but all right any easy button you could think of hey a lot of other teams are doing this that's really helping their offense and the eagles aren't doing that and they're not making life easier for their best players that like that should have happened by now we're going into week 17 so that's on my radar uh with him as an offensive schemer game management end of the first half and we'll get to hertz in a second but sirianni had a role in this too second and 10 run with kenny gainwell he goes down with 52 seconds left Hertz is looking at the sideline like, dude, are we calling timeout? Sirianni doesn't call one until there's 31 seconds left. Now, it's a small thing, but all right. So you're not buttoned up in game management. That's been kind of the case all season long. I'm not saying complete disaster, but certainly not giving you an edge where you would want him to give you an edge for a coach who's not calling offensive or defensive plays. And then the last thing is just as a culture guy, which you and I talk about a lot on extra point taken with some of these coaches. I mean, when you have a volatile personality and it's, listen, it's authentic. I don't want someone to be someone they're not at the same time when your coach is a little volatile and you're rolling, it's great. It's fun. It's funny. Everyone else hates him. You defend him, you protect him. Uh, but when you face adversity, is it great? And so far, what we've seen so far is that the answer is maybe not because, you know, you're having like you're having a lot of issues. You lost three in a row. Uh, you're making these mistakes in game. It feels like the the players can feel it. everybody sort of feeds off that. And so maybe it'll get turned around. I don't know. So, again, uh, he's 34 and 15. He's won nearly 70 percent of his games. I did watch this game so like yesterday. I couldn't get the thought out of my head. 
what would if this team had mediocre talent, mm-hmm. what would this look like? Bad. Well, how how would we be talking about Nick Sirianni? Yeah. Well, I think part of what like how are we talking about Nick Sirianni? Not well because he's not a schemer, right? He's not like I don't think like he, what he brings to the table is is elevating the guys. I do think that one of the things that Sirianni does bring is from the culture perspective, leadership perspective, room perspective, going back to last year, it was, hey, like the Eagles, I said this like 19 times on the show last year, the Eagles should have a too many mouths to feed problem and they don't because they didn't last year. And no, like they were doing a great job managing it last year. And it was like, okay, like to me, like that, that, that someone gets credit for that. And I would often talk about Sirianni in that context. I think Hurts probably gets credit for that too and whatever. Uh, the thing that Sirianni is supposed to bring to the table is the culture aspect is, is managing the room is, is, is managing the ship, right? He is, he's going to be the captain at the wheel. Other guys going to do the scheming, the X's and O's, the, the logistics of it, but he's going to direct the ship. And we, we started to talk about this uh, after the losses, right? The Niners and the Cowboys. We hadn't really seen Sirianni since 21 when they like didn't have expectations. We hadn't really seen him have to deal with the team that was coming in below expectation, that was coming in with high expectations and underachieving, a team that was losing, a team that was embarrassed, a team that didn't have the answers. This is our first this is our first time hearing press conferences of him and Jalen Hurts where they were losing three games in a row, right? Like they hadn't done that since 2021. So we didn't we didn't have a lot of data as to what he would do as the captain of the ship when the ship started taking on water. We knew we knew he was great when the ship was 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 sailing smooth. What's it gonna look like now when, when things need to get righted? So far. Not too great, Matt Patricia, and we're getting rid of fights on the sideline, and we're winning in the fourth quarter. Like, so far, it's not been good. And so that's the thing. is like, if you're going to be a culture guy, then you have to be a great culture guy when things are smooth, when the winning is good, when it's easy, because there's still problems that come with that, like dealing with high expectations, keeping the team mentally engaged. And I think he did a great job of that last year. He really did. It was a feather in his cap. But you also have to be a great culture guy when things get bad. You have to be able to do it 24-7. You have to be able to do it in a lot of different game environments. We are, I think he's he's good when things are good. And a lot of guys can do that. Not a lot of guys can be a good culture guy, good environment guy. I think about Mike Tomlin with George Pickens the last couple of weeks. Where like Pickens explicitly was not blocking on what could have been a touchdown run in what was a blowout. And then he was talking about it to the media. And Tomlin like called a press conference that he doesn't usually have to be like, here's where we're at with George. We told him to stop talking to y'all about this and he's not helping himself he's not helping us we told him we're we're, we're proud of him and we want to develop him and we, we care about him we're invested in him but these guys stop doing knuckleheaded stuff like this that's where we're at with him and we're going to move forward with him as a key part of our roster and then he went out 195 yards the next game right like when, when the going gets tough tough got to get going and we haven't we don't have evidence of that yet with Sirianni and so this again like a big month for Nick where like, if you're not going to be a scheme guy you're going to be a culture guy a locker room guy you got to bring it and this is the time to bring it it really is such a big month because like I can see how this goes. If you know, all right, maybe they turn, maybe they turn it around. If you get to like the NFC Championship game, I would say that's a like wonderful outcome. Now you're right; they could uh, host a seven seed, and then if you host Jared Goff in the divisional round, you're going to be favorites in that game. So like you're you're in a spot oh, where there are give some me things Snow that, Goff you know, in the divisional round, please. <laughs> oh, against Patricia, revenge game, Lions. Ooh, mm. forgot about that. Yes. Mm. So there are some things aligning your way, and then you get to the NFC Championship game. Who knows who's healthy there? It's it's one game. Maybe the randomness goes your way. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But there is another way this goes. And if you lose in the first round, if you lose in the divisional round, if you get upset, I think your point earlier, they're not they're not just running it back with Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson running the offense next year. If that happens, in my opinion, I think you're going to have input from. Howie Roseman from Jeffrey Lurie that, hey, we need some help here offensively. 
it might not mean replacing Brian Johnson. It might mean adding a senior offensive advisor. It might mean making other changes to the coaching staff, whatever. That can go one of two ways. That could be a like, I agree that they need help. If you get the right person in there, everyone works together. It could fix them. They could come back. They could be great next season. It could also go in the opposite direction where Nick Sirianni's going, I've been to a Super Bowl. Uh, I've won 70% of my games. And now you're giving me this more input and influence on how to, uh, you know, use my coaches and who to hire with my coaching staff. And these aren't people I've worked with before. And it could go in the opposite direction, like you mentioned with Gangarella, where they're like, hey, Gangarella once got, you know, uh, picked up Kyle Shanahan's lunch. He is a master of Dude. motion uh, in in the Shanahan scheme. Let's throw him in there. And it was a complete disaster. You had six Can you imagine if you and I were running running the offense the and Eagles it was a terrible offense? During the Scangarello <laughs> thing. Because we would have, we personally, we would have called that that tomfoolery from a mile away. And then secondly, they ran like three Shanahan plays in weeks one through four and then just stopped. I would have been screaming about it <laughs> week 15. I like this, 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 this. And Rich is still here catching a check. Oh, shame, shame that we missed that. Hopefully they do bring in a good senior offensive assistant. Yeah. Get, get, get like, uh, like get Nate Hackett in here and have him up in the booth with a headset on oh and just let me derail oh it for the entirety of the 2024 calendar things. year. I'd love it. I'd love it. So there you go. So a lot of, a lot on the line with Sirianni here in the next month. All right. Next temperature check I want from you, from you is Jalen Hurts. Okay. Jalen Hurts, like you said, Eagles offense, 465 yards, 28 first downs, top five success rate of any team in week 16. Hurts was 24 for 38, 301 yards. Um, he made a big play. I thought a huge play, third and 20. The the, the clenched Ooh, butt cheeks in that bro. place. It's a 2018 game. It's third and 20. Jalen Hurts steps up, finds A.J. Brown for 32 yards uh, down the right sideline. Terrific job climbing the pocket. Terrific throw to get it over Isaiah Simmons. Uh, outstretched arms. You score on that drive. It's 27-18. So uh, terrific job there. Now, uh, the, um, the Goddard thing, it's a like Goddard slipped. I don't know how much I put on Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you say uh, about that one. And then the bad play was horrible play. End of the first half. He bails. He scrambles on third down. You have no timeouts. He looks like he's headed out of bounds. Instead, he cuts into traffic. No timeouts left. And if you don't get gifted a penalty from the New York Giants, that takes three points off the board there. So where are you with Jalen Hurts uh, after this game going into the final two weeks of the season and the playoffs? thought it was a good Hurts game. It was. I mean, like the situational awareness at the end of the first half was bad. Right, like you, you, you got to go out of bounds. You got to know how many timeouts you have. And you brought up earlier there was a confusion about are we taking a timeout or not. And I think probably that moment messed with his mental accounting of how many timeouts they had. But you got to be checking the scoreboard. You got to be looking. You got to know. So he made a mistake there. After he made it, he got up and tapped. It's just like that was me. Like I like I screwed that up. Like that was very bad. Okay, well, like don't you know you did it well, up seventeen against the Giants. It's objectively better than doing it down ten against the Niners. So. Bad mistake there. Altogether, I thought he 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 ran more physically, which has been a, a a big thing for me. I think like there's two different conversations when you talk about offensive issues. You talk about the more overarching, like we're running the same stuff when you shouldn't be issue, and then there's also the issue of like we're running the same stuff. Why isn't it working as well? There's an issue. It's like within the current scheme, and then also without the current scheme. Within the current scheme, the re the main reason why this isn't working as well as it did last year is because I think Hertz is not nearly as effective as a runner as he was. Like when you take tush pushes out of the sample, he's not been a very effective runner by like EPA by success rate on the scale of quarterback runs. 
But he, I thought he was more physical in this game. I thought he was more willing to take hits, put his shoulder down, and maybe that uh, foretells a, a different playoff approach where he's just more willing to take on contact once the games are do or die. Uh, so I thought there, and then I thought that he threw the ball explosively. I thought that he threw it well. He threw it down the field into tight windows. He threw it over the middle of the field a couple of times, like we alluded to. That was a, a good day for him throwing the football. Uh, the the he, he continues to not be a good quarterback against zero blitz. This has been true for his entire career. That's always going to be true against Wink Martindale, who runs zero blitz. The offensive coordinator could do a lot more to help him out with zero blitz. The head coach could go to the offensive coordinator and be like, hey, we lose to the same thing every week. Can you fix it, please? Those things all could happen. That's like, really it, damning that it. this is like still like, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's one thing if it's, all right, you face Brian Flores out of nowhere and it's like, oh, okay, they... They got yeah. you there for this to be happening week after week after week. And for these to be your answers and to not have any answers. And he's just scrambling or he's throwing a screen every time like that. I mean, that is pretty damning and pretty embarrassing for uh, the entire coaching staff, in my opinion. Sorry, not, not no, to I agree. interrupt you, but it's and, like, come right. on. How, how many times the, can we talk about this? The litmus test for something is we're Ben and Shield capable of seeing this. And like last year, we were like, they're getting blitzed a lot and they don't have an answer. Like this has been around, right? Mm -hmm. If like there's stuff where it's like, like, you know, like Nick Bosa gave his quote last month, right? Where he was like, they beat the Eagles. And he was like, you know, we put a blueprint out there for beating the Eagles. It's like, oh, mush rush hurts. Make him run out to his right. That's like something that people have, we've been talking about. Like people have talked about Pertz's pocket presence and then the fact that he likes to scramble. When he scrambles, he's not actually that good of a thrower. Like we've been talking about that for a while. The, the zero blitz thing we've been talking about for ages, dude. Like this has been years now that it's been like oh when when hurts like it was the cardinals vance joseph game last year where like they 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 they, they won that thing late and it was just their every pass down vance is sending the house and just trying to make hurts become very binary it's just shoot there's a free rusher i'm getting out of the pocket right now hopefully there's somebody to throw it to when i scramble like you very 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 much simplify this offense simplify hurts uh, solve a lot of problems for you erase a lot of issues when you just send pressure at him and the fact that the eagles offense is still like holy smokes we went four wide and they still just blitz us that's crazy like dude how, how are you still surprised by this especially if you won't throw screens because earlier in the year their solution was wide receiver screens and that's not the best solution like you get criticism for it but it is functionally like scheme wise a solution they stopped doing it they got they got scared they got bullied out of it and now they don't have a solution and so it, it's no when they do do it it's a yeah. disaster i mean he's gotten blitz he's gotten uh six pass rushers or more 58 dropbacks this year that's 10 more than any other quarterback. So yes, teams are doing this against them at yep. a higher rate than any other quarterback. He is now 27th out of 30 quarterbacks in success rate in those situation situations facing six or more uh, pass rushers. It's like this has been on tape. This has been in the analytics that like this has just been there over and over and over again. Right. And you have no answer for and it. And so like I got a good... I got like a couple of people who asked me like, like hurt scrambling out to his right, like, you know, scramble over drop back versus throwing on the move. Like, where's it? And like, oh, like the blitz stuff. And this is what I think is important is that like there were games like earlier in the season where it was, you know, it was okay. Hurts didn't play that well against the blitz. And he didn't play that way. He forced out of his pocket, uncovered in the pocket. And the Eagles scored 35. And everybody was like, like, what's the problem? Like, why do you complain about Hurts doing this? Complain about Hurts doing that? Like, the Eagles are fine. Like, the offense is great. Like, you're just picking nets. Well, here we are now, and, like, the world looks a lot different. The Eagles scored over 30, and Hurts has the same issues. Like, we like we have enough of a sample now to know that Hurts is a good quarterback. I don't think he's, like, a tier one quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. He's at his best when he will run and put his shoulder down. And when he does that, this is like a real true 11 on 11 offense. He's got issues against blitz. He's got issues when the pocket gets mushy. But in general, you can still put 30 points up 
with, with him having those issues because of the potential for explosive plays that he creates because of his willingness to throw and to run. And so like overall, this Hurts game to me was like a very like regular standard good Hurts game where like there's there's a couple third downs that you watch and you're like, okay, well, another quarterback here would probably be successful. But overall, you're like, all right, he he's the straw that stirs the drink offensively because of the rushing ability. So he makes a lot of the running game work. Uh, and he made high-impact throws in, in leverage spots, right? And he threw over the middle of the field too, which I think was, was a nice addition. So to me, not, not, a, not a bad Hurts game at all. I feel good about my eval of Hurts and where I understand him to be. I think if you, you were like, oh, he's a top three quarterback, then you're probably feeling underwhelmed over the last month. But like, I was never there. And so to me, he's, he's about where I, I, I've thought he's been. Yeah, it looked, I mean, it looked a lot like, again, it goes back to Sirianni's comment. In many ways, other than the big miscues, it looked a lot like last year because it's like you have this huge talent advantage. You're throwing the ball the ball to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. You're, you know, being protected. Uh, and Jalen Hurts is delivering the football. Oh, this works. Yes, you can score 30 points or more. And I think it's going to look that way next week. And I think it's going to look like th that way in week 18. Uh, I do wonder about whether it looks that way in the playoffs or not. And I still have so many questions uh, and issues about the way this offense is designed and schemed and called and whether they have the answers in the building to put the players in positions to succeed. But again, if you just if your weakness is you rely so much on one on ones, well, your one on one guys are healthy and they're playing inferior opponents. So that's going to look good. Uh, that looked good on Sunday or on Monday, and that's going to continue to look good in the weeks ahead. All right, let's finish it out with the defense. I don't even know if there's much to like take from this. Solak, I mean, you're mm -hmm. playing a terrible offense. They go from cutlets to Tyrod from the first half to the second half. Uh, pass rush again. Like, you got more QB hits there, but still you would expect to dominate that Giants offensive line. You certainly did not do that. You're playing more dime. You saw uh, with four corners, you saw Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks, James Bradbury, and Bradley mm -hmm. Roby on the field together. Uh, you're playing more big nickel, which we saw last week with Sidney Brown. He had 24 snaps relying on Shaq Leonard to be an every down linebacker would have to watch the film. I thought like, okay, he's did more in this game than he did the previous yeah. week. Um, you can watch so the film. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. going to look, listen, when the team's running the football and he can just fire downhill, I think he's going to be okay. I don't mm -hmm. think that's like Shaq's, going to Shaq's brain is on all cylinders. Like Shaq is seeing yeah. it. His body cannot work. So he is, yeah. he is, Honestly, he which is why is, it kind of sucks yeah. to talk about. Like I, I almost feel guilty whenever I like talk about it. Yeah. Because and you know, he's given like defiant quote, right. like they wrote me off, and I'm like, all right, I don't even want to comment on this. Like, I understand this could be a Listen, huge mental no. struggle for an athlete of this caliber. <laughs> like, what do I what do you even say? You know, so I I I'll comment on it. Shaq Leonard's out there on, on, on the locker room. You guys, they all wrote me off, they all doubted me. I'm out here to prove the doubters wrong. You're right, Shaq. They did write you off. They did prove the doubters wrong, and you are proving the doubters wrong. You're not great, though. Like, I, I, he is playing now at linebacker as James Bradbury is playing at corner, where both of them are seeing it and mm. they get it and they have they have good pre-snap keys and they're, they're, they are smart, excellent players who are past their physical prime. And so they have to take a lot of risks. Shaq is just dipping, ducking, dodging, and diving blo blocks, man. He can't take on a block right now. And so he's yeah. trying to slip everything it's like watching david long play like you know you and i argue about david long it's david long stuff man where he just everything is just full sell 100 or zero which honestly like better like it it's it what zach cunningham was doing uh, i think it's like better than i think a lot of what you're getting from nick morrow um so the, those two guys are playing i think very similarly uh like i said they they had they they deployed a new front in this game they ran they ran a 5-1-5 and their only off-ball linebacker was nolan smith from my understanding and maybe I'm, I'm completely wrong. 
from my understanding, when you run a five-one, right? So the odd front, your your two gap, and you're eating space, and then one backer. That backer has got to be a very smart cookie. He's got to be really good at reading out runs because he's got to play multiple gaps, right? So you just got to be able to show in one gap and then bop to another gap. So they're around a 5-1 with Nolan Smith, who doesn't play off-ball linebacker. I mean, Nolan was doing his darndest, but I don't think he is equipped for the job that he is being asked to do. I have no idea what possibly is the intention behind that, like why that front feels interesting. Why, like, just, like, just put Shaq there. Put Van Sumer in there. I don't care. Van Sumer in, by the way, Sheil, he wore the single sleeve, <laughs> right? So you had one arm n- naked, right, under, under the shoulder pads, and one arm full sleeve. But it was not the tight sleeve, Shield. It was a loose sleeve. It was like a regular long sleeve <laughs> t-shirt sleeve. This is a sick, twisted... What are you doing? It's loose, dude. It's not a shooting sleeve. It's just a loose sleeve. I, you're, I was so physically upset watching this. Uh, so the Eagles linebacking situation has legitimately never been worse. Because you have Shaq Leonard just 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 trying to survive in a phone booth. Ben Van Sumeren with one sleeve, and Nolan Smith, who is an edge rusher, playing linebacker. Uh, I am thrilled to report, however, that Keely Ringo is good. Never doubted, not for a second. Keely just he's not actually good, but he just moves like a corner. Like you you just watch him move and you're like, yeah, okay. He might like, be. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see. He's not treat. he's not yeah. good because like he's he, if he gets heavy targets which he hasn't really in the last two games. He's going to get a lot of penalties because he panics a lot. And that's like so true of young corners. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that's like an indictment of him at all. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of like guys who are 6'1", 205 and are fluid and like, he's not super fluid, but like are explosive and like can change direction and move. Like he's, I just watch him. You're like, yep, that could start at some point. I, I like what I've seen from Keeley just from like a eye test perspective. So that's been fun. Uh, Reed Blankenship on the Darius Slayton touchdown. Always good once a month to get a Ooh. reminder. What's up? Uh, I, I always no, go yeah, once that a was month. Like, yeah. My gosh. His you get, you get a reminder. Maybe? You're, you're watching Reed and you're like, why did he go undrafted? Like, this is like a solid player. Like, this is not, not like a huge, great safety. But like, this is a solid player. Why did he go undrafted? And then once a month, you're like, oh, yep. That's why. Because <laughs> <why. laughs> he goes to chase somebody and somebody wins. Uh, it just not does not have the speed you would like for a deep safety. He took a flat angle. That was a nice play by Tyrod, a nice play by Slayton. They kind yeah. of, that route usually goes flatter to the sideline. And Tyrod pulled Slayton upfield with the throw because he saw Reed flat. And then uh, Slayton identified that that's where coverage was, and he bent that thing upfield. That's good work by Tyrod, good work by Slayton. And that's the other reason why the, the second half doesn't hassle me too much. They didn't know they were going to get Tyrod. Like, even even when it's changing from DeVito to Tyrod, and you're like, oh, that's that's a nominal change, it's still like you prepare for one offense. They come out with a different offense. Like, they, they, they're going to do different stuff with Tyrod. He's going to threaten you in a different way. So to me, like, like defensively, the scoreboard doesn't look great with 25 points on it. I, I I'm... They were they were fine. They're they're surviving with a ton of injury. Their linebacker play is abysmal. They're gonna lose to playoff offenses. We already know that at this point. But altogether, a lot of fun stuff happened. So I had a good time. Uh friend Lemer, who is uh, a loyal listener, he was just on one on the uh on the group chat uh yesterday. Your Tyrod thing made me uh remember it. So all right, here here are a bunch of now he had a string of eleven straight messages to the group chat where only one person responded at a time and that was all group with, chats have uh, one. O- omg uh so he says no way quest makes that block talking about the olamide zacchaeus block on the Devontae <laughs> smith uh yes. touchdown uh now I, I didn't get permission to read these but you know what i think it's okay uh what the bleep were they doing i actually don't know what he's talking about with that 
Hertz is uh, uh, dumb too often. That was after the sliding inbounds yeah. uh, there uh, at the end of the half. Uh, is it bad that even up 23, I didn't feel great about that first half? Ugh, don't want to see Tyrod. Rich got multiple ha-has. Like, you're supposed yeah. to be a Super Bowl contender, and you're, like, fretting Worried about, uh, Tyrod. about Tyrod here. Have a weird, bad feeling about this game. Why does he catch that? I don't know. I think that was Britton Covey. Uh, uh, this bleeping team... Hertz could have dove at the legs and easily got him. That was on the horse <laughs> Lemur said, Lemur said, rip somebody's ACL. It's December. Let's go. After, after the fix six, this is like Jets. This is like Jets game again. Again, not being able to pound the rock, killing them. Uh, it's crazy. Jets, Seahawks, Giants, Eagles could, could still play bad and beat this, these teams, but they don't just play bad. They throw pick sixes and give up inexcusable deep bombs. These loss of yard running plays just absolutely kill these drives when they are trying to run down the clock with the lead every time. Here we the dumbest bleeping team. Here we go again. Lead with under six minutes. They will probably lose yards on one of these runs that kills the drive. Why waste a timeout there when you know you are kicking the field goal? What if Giants tie it with time left? Game would be over right now if it wasn't for that horse collar. Le- the horse uh, so I've, I've another dumb play uh, I, i've never met lemur <laughs> but he gives me strong like i know i'm supposed to hate the cowboys the most but i grew up near jersey so i actually hate the giants the most vibes because that's me right i grew up in northeast pennsylvania i grew up closer like geographically to new york than i did to philly and so to me like i hate the cowboys i hate them so much but i hate the giants because i i knew their fans i was with them so this this string of threads for this game this string of text for this game gives me like particular anti-new york anti-jersey hatred that i identify i don't with. even think that's it i think that yeah like that would no? be a good read but no that that's not the case and then he finishes this is just with, standard lemur been P- okay cool. just standard yeah should have been pi on the hail mary and then my favorite which i lol that Jesus, Ringo, go down on the, on the Hail Mary interception. He was still he was, he was still worried something was about bad about yeah. to happen. Okay, I don't know. Your Tyrod thing made me think of that. All right, I think that's pretty much everything. Jalen Carter only plays 19 snaps in this game out of 59. I don't know what's going on there. If there's an injury, he hasn't been as productive. He obviously had the yeah. bad offsides and then had the other bad offsides, which he got bailed out with, with the head bob on the, uh, on the center. Oh, there, Nolan Michael Smith, Schmitz, like you yeah. mentioned. Yeah, he played 16 snaps in that uh, other role. Offensively, 46% of the time, 12 personnel in this game. So yeah. uh, a lot of two tight end here. Quez Watkins only played one snap. We probably should have led with that. Um, Olamide Zacchaeus, 18. Julio Jones, 19. And Jack Stoll, 40. And then, you know, I know if you're an Eagles fan, you did not like that Boston Scott Zacchaeus fumble. If you are just, you know chilling like that was kind of objectively a funny play like what is happening yeah. you this is how you open the second half that was kind of fun sad so there you go. sad fall from grace from boston scott though from <clears throat> i always score a touchdown against the giants to i fumble the opening third quarter kickoff and it's not even my fault and he doesn't get he didn't get a red zone touch i thought sirianni was gonna gonna lean into the bit there that was disappointing i you said we should have led with uh um uh uh, uh quez watkins we should have led with uh britain covey 50-yard opening return, the spark the Eagles needed. They got him a touch on offense. They said, Britton, what a return. Would you like a screen? And he got seven yards. Congratulations to Britton Covey for getting a pity offensive touch because he's been a great returner this year. 
uh, every time Britton Covey does anything and a beat reporter tweets out a picture of them talking to Britton Covey at their locker, I'm always like, how did that 35-year-old accountant become the Eagles punt returner? He looks so old and he is so small by NFL standards. And I, it, it delights me that that little man is one of the league's best punt returners. Yeah, uh, Sirianni was going on a big spiel during his post-game press conference. Vote him in the Pro Bowl. So there you go. If you feel like voting him in the Pro Priorities. Bowl, go ahead and vote him it to the Pro Bowl. All right, there you go. I'm curious to hear the feedback on this one. Are people like, that was too uh, that was too negative? Come on, it's not that bad? Or are they like, no, no, that's actually how we feel? Uh, thank you for the post-game pot. So we'll see. All right. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Ace Producer, Cliff Augustine. I'm Shil Kapadia. We will be back with Sean during the week to look at the film. We'll be back next week after the Johnny Gans Bowl. We'll have to get Cliff some point during the week here to give us a nice Johnny Gans update. Uh, I think he's going to be in the house, so look forward to that during the week. All right, thanks to everyone for listening. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. Hope you're getting some time off. Look forward to the new year, and we'll talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.